whistleblower report exposing lies, deceptions, and all that has assaulted our way of life. We must take back our freedom and live as God designed in a free America that honors our Constitution and our Creator. Our experts in medicine, ministry, law, military, environment, and education empower us to grow together as a nation. such a time as this, the Whistleblower Report offers truth and solutions. Welcome to the Whistleblower Report. This is Dr. Lee for America with the International Report today with our team, Dr. Mike Eden and Andrea Claridge. Dr. Eden is in the UK and Andrea Claridge is businessman and investigative journalist in Croatia. And of course, I'm in the U.S. and an independent practicing physician seeing a lot of the medical complications that we'll be talking about today. This is the vaccine report, but it's also the international report about the bigger picture of the threats to your life and your freedom beyond just the vaccine. And it's critical that everyone share what we are talking about today because this is affecting every aspect of your life, your property ownership, your medical access, your freedom, your ability to live even in your own home as we start looking at all of the assaults coming at us and in our effort to always bring hope and solutions in the face of the lies and deceptions we face and the assault on us from all directions, we'll be talking about some of the ways that you can begin taking constructive steps at the local level to protect your home, your family, and your community. So share our program and join us as we work to bring you truth against the lies and deception in the media. And one of the most important announcements today that we wanted to share with you is that in January 2024, a federal judge in a major legal victory in the United States, ordered the CDC finally to release all 7.8 million detailed text message data from vSAFE, the vaccine side effect profile that the CDC had created as a way to track people who had received the experimental COVID-19, well, they call it a vaccine, we call it a gene therapy shot or a bioweapon shot because it, it is more properly known to be damaging and was known from the beginning. The CDC had vowed at the beginning 
when they were trying to coerce the public into taking these experimental gene therapy, mRNA and DNA shots, it had vowed to be completely transparent with the side effects. And despite the fact that propaganda was overwhelmingly used and truthful information and warnings were suppressed, which ended up forcing millions of frightened people to take the jab, even when they may have had reservations, and even without adequate clinical trials, which I was warning about early on in 2020, as was Dr. Mike Eden, who started warning about the risk of these mRNA COVID shots in early fall of 2020, before the shots were released. We were trying to warn people there wasn't enough data, there there were risks, there were concerns, it was experimental, we had treatment for COVID, you didn't need the shots, common sense warnings. And since then, it has only skyrocketed in terms of the damage. But what has happened is that although the CDC created the system for individuals to share their reactions and side effects after the shot called V-safe, they hid the data and refused to release it. And yet, at the beginning, they touted V-safe as the most intensive safety monitoring effort in U.S. history. Then, when the adverse events started mounting, which I was seeing in my medical practice practically daily after patients started going ahead and being coerced and getting the shots as other doctors and family members and employers and travel requirements pushed them into getting a shot that I had warned them they had risk and they really shouldn't do it. Many went ahead and did it and started having problems right away. And as those severe adverse events mounted, including all of the deaths that we were seeing, the CDC started hiding the data. And when the court in 2022 ordered the CDC to release the data, they only released superficial details. It took the lawyers for ICANN, the Informed Consent Action Network here in the United States, led by Aaron Seary, to file subsequent lawsuits that did not get a legal victory until 2024, two years after the initial court order and two years after increasing damage from deaths and permanent severe complications. And what's important about the free text section of the V safe database is that this is the only place that participants could potentially record in their own words the more serious adverse events. Here was another subterfuge that the CDC undertook after the, the adverse reactions became so severe. In spite of the fact that the CDC had a whole index of adverse events of special interest that were listed in the CDC protocol itself, 
the CDC omitted all of those from vSAFE and it prevented the serious ones like anaphylaxis and myocarditis and blood clots and neurologic damage from being tracked. So instead of asking those people who participated in vSAFE about the serious adverse events, the CDC was only asking about the minor ones, tiredness, headache, fatigue, chills, or vomiting, and ones that were really mild and relatively inconsequential compared to the enormity of the damage that we were seeing and the deaths. So anyone who wants, what's, what's important for all of you listeners to understand is that it was a lie. The CDC covered up the serious adverse events, wouldn't give people a place to report that except in this area of the text messaging that people were free to describe their experience. And they only had 250 characters. So they had to pick which of the more serious adverse events they could list in 250 characters. So all the way around, the CDC was covering up the reality of the damage. And people do not understand that. Sadly, there's still too much trust of the CDC, even though they've shown themselves unworthy of that trust for at least a couple of decades in my experience with the cover-ups of political issues that the CDC didn't want the public to know, not just the COVID shots. And it's critical to understand the serious adverse events because that is what helps us make a proper assessment of the COVID-19 shots and how dangerous they really are. And the fact that our CDC, funded by American taxpayers, has not voluntarily released this critical data is another indication of the weaponization of our federal government agencies paid for by we the people and the way they are weaponized against us and failing grossly in their responsibility to protect the health of Americans, which they claim is their duty. And they lie every day in the media with claims that they are protecting our health when they are doing exactly the opposite. And I think it's just critically important that finally I can, on behalf of the Freedom Coalition of Doctors for Choice, got this latest lawsuit before the district court judge, Matthew Kesmerick, and I may be mispronouncing his name, but that ruling is just such a huge win for all of us who have been freedom fighters pushing for medical freedom and transparency and public accountability of our own taxpayer-funded agencies. Now, Andrea Klarich with us today has interviewed Aaron Siri, the lead attorney on the case, and we'll be hearing from him in just a minute. But I, I think it's critically important that all of you realize that this data 
in what's called the free text data. And we'll put a link to where you can access that. The first tranche of the free text data is, was released February 15th, 2024, after the court ruling in January, 2024. And over the next 12 months, the entire 7.8 million detailed free text data messages are scheduled to be released. So the first group was released February 15th, very timely, and we'll give you a link where you can access that. And people are describing the kinds of things I've been hearing from in my own patients. And it's in those text messages that we are able to hear directly from the people themselves who've been injured or who had someone who died. And the incidents of the cardiac reactions, the symptoms like odd metallic taste in their mouth that occurred almost immediately after the shots that lasted for up to hours or days, tingling, rapid heartbeat, numbness, dizziness, um, neurologic changes, anaphylactic reactions. I mean, these are just very serious reactions, miscarriages with women who got the shot when they were pregnant. It's going to take a lot of time to sift through all of this data. And many of you listening may want to start reading it yourself to really understand. And one of the comments in the press release from ICANN said, quote, this ruling sends a clear message to our federal agencies. We are not moving on and forgetting about the pandemic or the actions they took. ICANN will not stop until all the data is released to the public and there is true transparency and accountability around COVID-19, end quote. And I commit to our listeners that Truth for Health Foundation is also continuing this fight with our legal grants that with the generosity of our donors, and we urge people to continue to support our Medical Freedom Legal Defense Fund so that we can give these grants for people for legal action on the injuries from the COVID shots and our own vaccine injury database and our vaccine injury support program. We are also assisting in this fight for transparency, accountability, and medical and legal help for those who have been injured by the lies of our federal government. And I'd like to ask Dr. Yeadon to comment again about his key point as someone with 30 years in big pharma and rational safe drug development to comment about his efforts to warn the public about exactly the problems that have just been exposed in the CDC's own V-Safe data release. And then we'll hear from Andrea Claridge, who has interviewed Aaron Siri. So, Dr. Eden? Yeah, thank you, Dr. Lee. Um, so, your first uh, kudos to uh, Aaron Siri and the people working with him. Uh, talk about resilience. Uh, it's about time. 
right, that we, we got this, this data. <clears throat> but the, the reason it's been slow in coming is because the, the authorities have no intention of uh, uh, revealing what they've done. And of course, a lot of people at, at the day-to-day -day level haven't done anything. They don't really know what's happening. But what I can tell you, as you prompt the listener to uh, watch for, is having spent my entire life in research in the biopharmaceutical industry, uh, I have good experience with what we used to call, or what is still called, rational drug design or structure-based drug design. Uh, that is, no, not a single atom is in any medication except because a human being chose it to be there and they chose it all of its components because there were objectives they wanted to reach. So as it were, when I look at the design, I am uh, looking over the shoulder of the design and thinking, what is it you were trying to achieve by as a consequence of the design choices you made? And I have to tell you that in 2020, when I started looking at this with, uh, with my horror, I realized that there are multiple separate, uh, you know, discrete uh, mechanisms of of toxicity that are not there by accident. Uh, it's, it was an awful realization and it's not great if you're hearing this from the first time. But what I'm saying is these are, they are toxic by design. They are intended to, to injure people and kill them. Um, the motivations for this we could discuss at length, clearly I don't know, uh, but there's no doubt in my mind that the whole of the COVID era is um, a psychological operation uh, run by you know powerful people whose intentions were to frighten you into ultimately rolling your sleeve up and receiving a, a shot of something that was dangerous by design. Uh, and evidence for this is that along with uh, Dr. Wolfgang Bodard, a German public health doctor, uh, we wrote a, an open letter to the European Medicines Agency, the FDA equivalent, an open letter prior to the emergency authorization of any of these shots. So we didn't, we're not Monday morning quarterbacking. We said beforehand, uh, as a consequence of these design choices, we expect ABC toxicity. And within days of the mass rollout of these materials, certainly in Britain and Germany, uh, all of the things that we were concerned about started to trickle in through our networks of people being injured. And there was just one exception. Um, and that was that we were concerned there would be impacts on fertility. And naturally, that took a year to roll in. And tragically, in 2022, uh, dated nine months after the initial rollout to pregnant women, uh, we started seeing stories of uh, a fetal loss, uh, you know, um, malformations, um, uh, you know, just spontaneous terminations and so on. So, you know, we don't want to <clears throat> claim we were wise much before the event. I, I had no idea that any human being on the planet could be as evil as, as the evidence before my eyes. I was, I, I described myself as a total normie. Uh, I listened to BBC radio for 41 years. I've got a weekly Times or Telegraph paper. So I'm a normal guy with a career behind me. And I had the opportunity to apply those skills to what was coming at us. And I detected what I've described to you. If you think I sound like a lunatic, fine, ignore me. If you think I sound like a very concerned, rational person, that's me. 
Um, and so what Dr. Lee is saying is right, they don't want to release this data. It's it's three years, folks, since they initiated this assault on humanity, more than that. And even now, we, we don't have annotated data uh, with the medical status of people who had been injected and those who have not been. But I can tell you, everywhere I look, the excess or cause mortality is, is, is really remarkably higher. It's like five standard deviations above normal. That is, it's not love. Uh, everywhere, people are dying at maybe 10% higher rate. That's for the population. Uh, youngsters who are injured and dying, it's up like two or threefold in some cases, because uh, as my father, a doctor, used to say of young women, you know, once they reach their teens, you know, if they avoid the red, red diseases, he, they would say young women don't die. And they don't generally with good obstetrics and gynecology. Unlike boys who crash cars and shoot each other and commit suicide and so on, young women don't die and they are dying. Young women are dying. And I'm convinced it's a consequence of this policy. So I could go on at length. And if you uh, probe the uh, back issues of whistleblower report here on the Truth for Health Foundation website, you'll find more detailed descriptions. But that's what I have to say, just to remind people that we are under attack. Very well said, and that's exactly right. And you and I have been consistent in our warning since 2020 on exactly that point. Andrea, you were fortunate to get a recent interview with Aaron Siri, the lead attorney on the court case to release the V-Safe free text data. Tell us about what Aaron Siri had to say about some of the legal aspects of that. Uh, hello, Dr. Lee. Hello, Mike. Well, uh, first, I have to congratulate the, uh, to Aaron Siri for really hard fight on court and finally to get this information because it's second time already. First time he received it two years ago when with this we say but first information, and now we have uh, everything now. Uh, what is important? He mentioned inside that uh, these people who were reported in VSAFE, these people are uh, vaccine enthusiasts. They were the first one who received vaccine. They went there, they trusted vaccine, and they wanted to take it. And there was a 10.1 million of them in VSAFE report. That's a really huge number. And uh, from the first report, we know there was... Um, just with the very hard adverse events was 780,000 people and they reported 2.1 million adverse events. 780,000, that's 7.8% of people ask for medical help. This hard uh, uh, adverse event is looking for medical help and not once. Two to three times they was looking for help. And then now you can see in this new report, you can see examples inside when they're saying and explaining what happened to them and ask from, for help. You can see in my video one example when this lady who was a teacher who is PhD, who trusted to vaccines, and she wanted to be example for their students. She took vaccine and she really had hard adverse events she write it down. She, she asks help from side of CDC, 
nothing happened. Three months later, again, she was asking for help. Again, nothing happened. And there is a seven, as you said, seven, more than seven million, these text messages in this report. Also, it's important to say that uh, CDC knew even before they started for this other event. Why? Because when they settled this software in November 2020, they put in this software all these adverse events. We know now there was a paper what was published on the last day of February 2021 from Pfizer when they confirmed on the page eight, seven or eight page, they confirmed that was a 1,292 different adverse events from these vaccines. But we finally saw this paper one year later. We didn't saw it on time. That means they knew from the start. They knew from these trials. And that's why they put it in the software. And that's how they people reported. First, they could report it just small adverse events. From the first, first page, you saw just one. That, that it's nothing special. But on the second page, you can see if you were asking for help, medical care, then you see there is a 7.8% of people was asking for medical care. And this 10.1 million, it's a huge number. It's really a representative number for any kind of investigation. And nobody can say nothing except this is the truth. And also, I was asking uh, Aaron Siri, what about people who died, who passed away? And he said, uh, there is no way to connect people who uh, report adverse events and passed away later because there is a law for protection uh, of, um, of uh, information. Uh, and we don't know the names of these people. We only know what happened to them. We have number uh, of their report, but we don't have names. That's why we cannot connect people who report adverse events and maybe passed away later. That's unfortunate, but this is something what is very important because we don't know how many people from this passed away later. Uh, and uh, I think now that the only thing that we have to discuss is how it's possible they kept this information for two years. They didn't want to publish it except uh, uh, with the court decision and why they were hiding because we know everything and they were lying us all the time. It's safe and it's effective. And we now say it was not safe. 7.8% of them, it's not safe and it's not effective. And if we, if we connect, for example, with a new paper from side of Dr. Denis Raclois, who showed that one in 800 people died from vaccine. One in 800 died from vaccine. And he has a really strong paper. He provides evidence of this. He going through all the countries around the world. And this number came up now, even up to 17 million. I heard that there will be a new report and it will be more than 20 million. And this is something that really we need to discuss. And uh, we cannot uh, turn our hand on the other side anymore. No, you're exactly right, Andrea. It is devastating damage, and the death rate is just shocking and totally covered up. 
in the mainstream media. We're going to take a break and come back to talk about how the deaths with the COVID shot is the first step in the depopulation agenda that Dr. Eden and all of us have been talking about that has been going on for decades. And we're going to spend the second half talking about some of these scandals that have been going on for several decades that is massive propaganda and designed ultimately to cause death and destruction. And this data on the deaths, and we'll have to include that article that you just mentioned in the link to the um, resources for today's show so that people can go and read the article themselves. But this is why this whole international team and Truth Health Foundation have been literally screaming about this damage and destruction for the entire time that the foundation has been active to expose this deception and the deaths that are happening. It is, it is something that more people need to wake up to the reality. It's hard to wrap your mind around it. I get that because this is intentional and normal people don't think that someone is capable of such evil. The reality is they are. The reality is, as Dr. Eden has said over and over, these shots were toxic by design, developed over the last 25 years with toxic by design steps at every point of a decision being made. We have to help you wrap your mind around that reality so that you can stand up against this destruction and all of the deaths and stop taking these shots. This is Dr. Lee for America with the Whistleblower Report. We'll be right back after the break. And if you have been vaccine injured, check out truthforhealthstore.com. Our nutraceutical products have been carefully designed and selected to address the different six classes of damage that occur with long COVID, COVID illness, and the COVID experimental shots. These are high quality, professional, exclusive formulas that are manufactured in a facility that is certified to be compliant with the current good manufacturing standards and is inspected by the FDA, unlike the COVID shots. So we feel strongly that we have a quality product you can trust and all profits benefit the public charity. Nothing comes to me personally or my medical practice. It is all going back into our charitable work to help people who have been injured. We'll be right back after the break. Check out the new Truth For Health store at truthforhealthstore.com. We have exclusive professional formulas with exciting new products, including True Mitochondrial Boost that can help improve your energy, memory, focus, and concentration. All of our products are manufactured in certified compliant facility using good manufacturing practices approved and inspected by the FDA. Check us out 
www.truthforhealthstore.com. Welcome back to the second half of the Whistleblower Report. This is Dr. Lee for America with our international team, Dr. Mike Eden, former Pfizer vice president and whistleblower from the UK, and Andrea Klarich, businessman and investigative journalist from Croatia, bringing you insights and truth against the lies and deceptions of the media. In the second half today, we want to talk about several major scandals, all ultimately with the goal of death, depopulation, loss of freedom, and loss of private property. And Dr. Eden is in a unique position to talk about this because he is in the UK where many of these initiatives that have been going on for decades actually actually began in collaboration between the UK government and the US government agencies in nefarious schemes to cause death and damage to freedom and private property rights. So Dr. Eden, and then we, we want to also spend a little time in the second half talking about the, the way in which Andrea Klarich, from his perspective as a freedom fighter in Croatia, standing against the communist totalitarianism and evil tyranny and deaths, and community action groups going on in the U.S., what are some ways that we as citizens can start standing against this evil destruction of our lives and our freedom? But first, Dr. Eden, let's talk about the, the three major areas that you wanted to discuss. Climate change, the myth of overpopulation, and the U.K. property takings that are going on in a soft propaganda campaign to deprive people of their private property. Sure. Yes. So, um, again, as I said earlier, I I believe more or less everything I was told on the TV until uh, 2020, when I turned 60 years of age. Uh, It just never occurred to you. The point is you don't detect the malevolence that is now clear to me using my scientific expertise first on the the the, uh, the mock pandemic exaggerations the absurd precautions in inverted commas that they made you take that to damage the economy and then finally running running at the population with something they're apparently cooked up in 10 or 11 months i mean it's just so barking so mad that when you look back at that it's still struggle to believe how many people went for that because it takes years to develop a, a medicine properly but Taking a step back, unfortunately, um, Britain or England, far from being you know one of the world's oldest democracies where we would celebrate you know the rule of law and you know a proper administration of justice, is unfortunately irredeemably corrupt. And that all the time we've been living our lives, there's a very thin strata of society who are well connected and incredibly wealthy. And this extends back through multiple generations. Uh, and they have over time, not just with the American friends, uh, similarly, 
put in place all the steps to allow this this uh, um, really uh, you know propaganda that's uh, malevolent propaganda that's led people to think about the pandemic and to be injected. But that's not their first rodeo, as they say. There are two other things before I come to the UK property. The two other long-run lies. Uh, you know, believe me, it's. I understand if you, the audience, reject what you're about to hear, uh, but the, the the whole story that the world is overpopulated and that we are beyond the carrying capacity of the globe is simply not true. Uh, but it's been put into place and rammed down your throat and taught you at school. If you're uh, maybe 50 or 60 years old, you will probably have received these messages. If you're older, you probably missed them unless they were on the TV. But there was a group called the Club of Rome, funded by the Rockefellers and others whose wealth and power extends across all of these frauds. He's not the only one. We don't really know who the hidden hand is behind these schemes. Um, but this idea that the world is overpopulated was a deliberate choice to, I think, to soften people up to, I think, once they work out what's going on, a lot of people will think, well, there are too many of us, really. Dirty job, someone's got to do it. That's a lie. Um, hu the human population is, is tiny compared with the size of the globe, and I like to give uh, a classic example, and since I was living in America for a little while, but if you put the entire population of the world, just experimentally, just as a word picture, they would fit comfortably in the state of Texas and they would all have a square, something like 100 feet on a side for every man, woman, child and baby. So does that sound overpopulated? No, there are, there are areas that are crowded, like Bombay and so on, but most of the world is empty and our population you know, is predicted. Dr. Ying, I'm going to just yeah. stop you for a minute. That's a that is a shocking yeah. visual picture. Yeah. Repeat that. What you yeah. just said about I, just to help people if you, in the world. If you just look at the numbers of uh, hundreds or even thousands of kilometers east to west of the very big states like Texas, and again hundreds of uh, kilometers north to south, remembering that every kilometer is a thousand meters by a thousand meters. So it's a million square meters, right? Each kilometer square is a million square meters. If you just have a square that's a, a 10, uh, maybe a 30 on a side, that's uh, that comes to about a thousand, 30 by 30, I think, is it? Yeah, something like that. So just in an area, 30 kilometers by 30 kilometers, you've got a billion square meters. Well, look, there's only 8 billion people. So you can see immediately, that the uh, then if you scale that up to cover the whole of Texas, you end up with the ability, just experimentally, I'm not suggesting we try this, but experimentally, if you just, in your mind's eye, think of the state size of Texas, which is big, but it's just one state in one country, in one continent on the planet. You can comfortably fit every human being alive in the state of Texas and then each have an area of ground at least 100 feet by 100 feet. That means a family would, would not be able to communicate. You would have to shout so loudly. If you've had four, four people in your family, you would not be able to shout to your youngest sibling. So the world is not overpopulated. You've just been that told... That is a stunning visual and such a great, very down-to-earth, yeah. practical image for people to wrap their mind around. That's really very helpful. Yeah. Thank you. And I wanted for just that. to say, 
that the what basically the most people will know the next bit, and it is true that most advanced countries, as we would call them, first world countries, are not that each couple, each new couple, each new family that's formed has fewer than 2.2 children. We are not replacing our own populations. That is, we're not growing, folks. There are only one or two countries in the world that are still growing fast, and, and I think they're in Africa. And when they reach the state of education or the state of wealth, it doesn't require very much. People take control of their reproductive futures, and they tend to have, on average, they don't even have enough children to replace themselves. Now, that doesn't mean we're going to vanish. What that means is demographers believe that even without intervention from the people I think are attacking us, the human population would peak about the same number it is now, maybe a little bit higher, then it will decline. So we're not overpopulated now. And by the end of the century, even Elon Musk has said his biggest concern is population collapse. He repeated it twice. So, so I'm just going to point out that you've had rammed down your throat all your life a lie about overpopulation. It's not true. So that's one. The other one is this nonsense about climate change. I mean, goodness, uh, talk about hubris. Think about when you've been in a place that's uh, quite lonely, like on a beach or on a very big, if you're walking in the hills somewhere and you look around, there's not another human being in sight. The idea that these little warm-blooded creatures, five or six feet tall, have changed the climate of Mother Earth. It's just absurd. So that's that's just an assertion. What I can tell you is that ice core data, where people drill an ice core, maybe the diameter of your wrist, hundreds of meters down into the ice in Arctic or the Antarctic, they pull it up, and it's like a reverse uh, diary going backwards in time. The deeper you go, the further back in time you're going, and they can measure the concentration of carbon dioxide in the air. They can measure proxies for temperature when the snow that formed that ice fell. And what we found is that temperatures fluctuate over geological time quite a lot. But here's the key thing. CO2 changes after the temperature. CO2, therefore, it cannot be a driver of temperature change. It's just BS. It's complete lies. It's fully established in the peer-reviewed uh, geology and environmental science journals. There's no doubt about it. It's just you never hear that. And the people who want you to think the climate is changing will incentivize academics to repeat that, and they will crush and fire and censor and smear my peers in that field, many of whom I know now, you know, Professor Judith Curry, Professor Richard Linson, these are all career environmental scientists, atmospheric physicists, and they all say what I've just said, only much more elegantly. There's no doubt whatever that there's no substantial climate change happening, and we're, and therefore we can't be causing any. And, and the thing they're telling you drives climate change is a trailing indicator. It happens after changes in temperature. And you know what? You know this. When you look up on a bright day, that big burning ball of nuclear fire in the sky, that's the thing that warms the Earth. And its output and our orbit around it varies slightly over geological time and is wholly responsible for the changes in, in climate that we have seen through ice ages back to interglacials and so on. 
we are not capable of altering the climate. We're not altering the climate. And we are being lied to about carbon dioxide that is not proven not to drive temperature changes. So those are the three things, the lies of climate change, the lies of overpopulation, and the lies of, of pandemic and the necessity to be injected. Um, so you know, the people who are doing this, I don't understand why they're doing it. I think they are driven by a spirit from the dark side. It's a, it's a malevolent thing to, to work for multiple generations. And remember, David Rogers Webb last week on this show told us about changes that are provable in the ownership structure of every country on earth. He calls it the great taking. That took 60 years. That's already two or three generations, folks. So there are people out there that are willing to invest their entire lives to subvert the ordinary lives of people like you and me for reasons that I cannot fathom and therefore ultimately, I think, come from you know, the dark side of humanity, from, from Satan, and, and they are coming at us. And all it requires for us to resist is to use the most important words in the English language, and it's no, just no. When they make you, when they say roll up your sleeve, you say no. When they say you have to you know, um, get rid of your, your cars, say no. Um, and when they say, look, there's too many of us, so we need to, whatever, restrict. You need to be eating bugs now. You can't eat ordinary, honest food. You just have to say no. When they want to take away your, your money and make it electronic and under government control, say no. Um, that's what we need to do. That's what I think. I think you're exactly right. Peaceful, non-compliance, civil disobedience was demonstrated by Dr. Martin Luther King in the 1960s to be extraordinarily effective. We've seen it with the farmer resistance all across Europe. And we've seen it with the truckers now in the U.S. boycotting New York City after these outrageous, unlawful, highly politicized kangaroo court rulings against a former president of the United States. And we see it with the Canadian trucker convoy, and we've seen it in the revolt in Eastern Europe. People who understand tyranny and totalitarianism and death and destruction all too well from being under communist control for so long. Andrea, your thoughts on what Dr. Eden has just said. I can completely agree what's uh, Dr. Yedin, and I can confirm it because really I'm going deep in this subject concerning climate changes. And I had the interview with Dr. Judith Curry about this. And I'm now just reading a report from the side of uh, IPCC. And we have to I have to say one important thing. This IPCC, that, that means Intergovernmental Panel for Climate Changes. And they made usually report of 25 to 30 pages for policymakers. And what they put in the this report is something different. What is in the real report, assessment report, what is around 3,000 pages. And these 3,000 pages are telling something completely different uh, uh, what was in this report for policymakers. These 3,000 pages saying what Dr. Yidden said. There is no climate emergency. 
there is no man-made CO2 impact on uh, climate. There is no any certainty about any kind of models what they are presenting because there is a more uncertainties than we, we can accept. And it's obvious and they are, don't even hiding that this is a political and financial agenda. People who are standing with the, with, uh, with, uh, behind this climate narrative are the same people who were standing behind uh, this pandemic narrative. They are planning to earn huge amount of money. They are not hiding. I published some of these documents uh, and you can find it, you can read it. They said it's not a matter of climate and protection of earth. It's a matter of new business, new mo uh, business models. We have to reset our financial system and we using climate changes as a tool for doing this reset. And in the meantime, they will earn a huge amount of money. Same thing what they done during pandemic. There is in the book, the real Anthony Fauci from Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Uh, there was a number that 3.8 billion, uh, trillion, sorry, 3.8 trillion dollars, the big corporations earned during pandemic on the, on the back of 3.6 billion, what everybody else lost. And they are planning to do same thing again. I have to say what's happening in Croatia, we are in a Eurozone and unfortunately they're preparing central bank digital Euro. And just yesterday, I read the official paper from the side of German Bundesbank. When they officially said that this central bank digital euro will be programmable and they will use it to program this money to have a possibility to allow you or protect you or even don't allow you to spend your money as you wish. They're explaining why is this important, but they are confirming they want to control our finances. And when we now facing there's less and less cash money in circulation around the world. Now we, we see this everywhere. When we come to this central bank digital money without cash, it will be really difficult to fight uh, and to, to keep our freedom. That's why we have to think now how to do it. And I have some suggestions concerning that. We have to go back and think about everything what we are doing. If we go in our supermarket, we have to think what we are buying. When we go on, on wholesales to decide which kind of product we need and how we're going to buy it. If we decide to buy with cash, if we concentrate to buy from producers, local producers, not multinational conglomerates that we are facing who are a fight who are against us. All these people are against us. I can explain it later if you want how I can prove it. We can uh, have a huge impact. It's in our hand still, in our hand decision, what we're going to buy, where we go on holidays, how we're going to act with other people, or we can, of course, accept everything what they offer us to protect us for our safety, and very soon we will forget 
how it looks like to be free man again. I think in Croatia, people are aware of it. I think that's very encouraging. And certainly we're seeing all across Europe, the farmers and truckers are very much aware of the damage potentially with all of these controls that the EU is putting into place. What, what is the, um, what's the possibility of Croatia deciding to withdraw from the Eurozone over some of this totalitarian control that the EU is trying to implement? Depends of elections. This year we have elections, not only in Europe, everywhere there was a 60 countries have elections, I think even in Great Britain. And if we finally decide to elect people who are willing to represent people and their will, not people who are representing corporations and uh, these global uh, organizations like WF or uh, WHO or UN, then we can decide to go out if we want in one moment. But if we continue to do with the same globalist politics, we don't have much chance. And each in each country, we now see see the same thing. There is a globalist country, a uh, globalist uh, political uh, uh, policies, and uh, there is a uh, we can say sovereign uh, sovereign sovereign policies. We now have to decide in which way we're going to go. Uh, in this moment, these globalist policies are in the power. No, I, I think you're right. And, and certainly in the U.S., there's a great deal of concern about whether we will even be allowed to have an election with the way that our government is determined to maintain its lock on power and prevent President Trump from even being on the ballot for 2024, much less having a fair election. I mean, we already have massive evidence of the stolen 2020 election. There's, the fraud was unequivocal. It's been shown in all of the battleground states. It's been well-documented and continues to be covered up. And the government is doing everything in its power to suppress it. And in France, we've just learned that the French government has imposed prison sentences on people who criticize the COVID shots. So France is actually taking even more draconian measures. We're seeing draconian measures in Canada escalate. And so it's a very ominous picture. And yet I think it is the citizens standing up, as you said, that indicate we have we have a voice and saying no to globalism and tyranny is is our hope for the future yeah and i have to say it now we are just imposing digital media act uh, and uh, we have to remember that ursula von der Leyen, president of european commission said the most important fight in the future close future will be fight against misinformation and now they are imposing new law, Digital Media Act. And now we have to be very careful what we are 
uh, um, publishing in, in social media. And we know that social media is the only way we fight now and we can find real information, not yes. in mainstream media, not in official sources. Well, and it just it makes me apoplectic because they lie in the terminology. They are saying the danger is misinformation, but what they are talking about is actually truthful information, and they are trying to censor the truth by calling it the opposite of what it is, which is exactly what they've done with every single step in the propaganda campaign over decades. Call it the opposite of what it is. The lie is in the wording. And people are unfortunately sucked in by the constant propaganda. All of you listening, please heed our warnings. Stand against this tyranny of the propaganda control, seeking control of your mind and your thoughts. Question Use your common sense. Say no. Don't comply with tyranny. And share the messages that we are trying to get out to help you on all of these fronts with truthful information. This is Dr. Lee for America with the International Report, Whistleblower Report from Truth for Health Foundation. Check out our website at www.truthforhealth.org. Sign up for our email newsletters. Be part of the solution. Be part of those speaking against evil. Silence in the face of evil is itself evil. Don't be silent anymore. Thank you for joining us today.